Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 2. This is by way of review, verse 3. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare. See, if you're engaged in warfare, why would you be a soldier if you're not engaged in warfare? No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. There are certain basics of life that all of us have to perform, but if we are truly a soldier of the kingdom of God, we're not to be all entangled in the things of this world and get our focus off the fact that we're really not citizens of this world if we're born again. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And all that we say and do ought to be in line with the, with the kingdom's best interest. And that is expressed through the Word of God. Now back to Ephesians 6. We're told as good soldiers who are engaged in warfare that we better arm ourselves. So I want to remind you that whether you think you're in warfare or not, you are. Whether you feel it or see it, you're definitely in spiritual conflict. There's a real live enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. First Peter 5 is very, very plain to us, and that is be sober, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. I don't know about you, but being devoured doesn't sound very good to me. Be on the alert. Put on that, put on the whole and entire armor of God, we're told here in Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, verse 10. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. How many of you know that the warfare we're in as believers is to stand? But you can't stand until you have put on the full armor of God. Be able to stand against the full, the, the methods, the, the wiles, the, the Greek word there is methodios, the carefully devised methods of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. How many of you know that people are not our problem? We're not really wrestling against people. We're not really wrestling against men and women who disagree with us. Our, our, our wrestling is against principalities, that is, the demonic um, entities, the demonic beings under the control and direction of Satan himself, the principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. We explained uh, that to you on the first week. It's not talking about before the throne of God. The Heavenly places talked about in Scripture are, first of all, the arena where birds fly, the atmosphere. Secondly, it's interstellar space where the planets are. And thirdly, the very throne room of God. The spiritual host of wickedness have access to the atmosphere above the earth and even interstellar space. But take up the whole armor of God 
that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, that day when it feels like all assaults are coming at you, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore. How many times do we hear, stand, 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 stand? Put on the armor. And the last few weeks we've been talking about that armor piece by piece, having girded your waist with truth. We talked about how the waist belt of truth was the foundational part of armor where things were attached, where you pushed with your abdominal muscles to have strength in battle. The truth is the foundation of our ability to stand. And Jesus described truth in John 17, 17, Thy word is truth. So if it's not in line with the word of God, it's not the truth. On and on we go. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, we talked about the gift of righteousness uh, two weeks ago, and it set some people free. Thank you, Lord. And last week we talked about the shoes of peace, having put on your feet the gospel of peace. We talked about peace. We talked about how sometimes the Holy Spirit troubles us to get us moving, to get us stirred up to take action. But outside of the moving of the Spirit to get us to take action that is beneficial and, and has redemptive qualities to it, the disturbing of our peace, we ought to constantly bring it before the Lord and ask the Lord, why is my peace disturbed here? Because the, the affirmation of the peace of God is what should call, cause everything to be out or safe. It should be the arbiter, Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and minds to which you were called. And then today we get to verse 16. We have the waist belt of truth. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have the shoes of peace. And today we're told to take up the shield of faith by which you will be able to quench all the flaming missiles of the evil one. I like the graphic Deborah has for us there. The flaming missiles, the fiery darts in first century warfare the shield, in fact, in the Greek, the word for shield actually is translated door. So it was a massive piece of equipment that covered the soldier from head to toe. It was not light. It was not a little piece of, of something that, that hung on the shoulder. It was a massive piece of equipment behind which they could uh, defend themselves from incoming flaming arrows because in that first century warfare, a lot of times um, arrows would be, and spears would be set aflame so that when they uh, went into the targets, even if they didn't hit a soldier, they could burn territory. And what the Word is saying here, take up the shield of faith, that which covers you from head to toe, that would protect you from all the flaming missiles and fiery arrows of the evil one. I like that. The shield of faith. Do you know the heart of all of our sins, unbelief? Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he will convict you of sin, of unbelief. Unbelief. So I've asked the Lord this week, reveal to me, Holy Spirit, all those areas where I don't really believe. 
I invite you to do the same thing. It might uh, be pretty revealing to all of us. Where do I not really believe what your word is said is truth? Take the shield of faith by which you will be able to quench, extinguish is the Greek word there, extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Why is faith such an important, vital weapon? Romans 1.17 says it like this, the just shall live by faith. Live by faith. Not just hold it as some theoretical something that you, you just know you ought to have. The Bible says that faith should be the connection to life for us. The just, those who were declared righteous in Christ Jesus, shall live, get our life by faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the assurance, the conviction, the absolute assurance of things that you hope for, and it's evidence on the inside of things you don't see on the outside. The evidence of things on the inside that you, don't, that you hope for on the outside. Do you understand the relationship between hope and faith? I don't know, Pastor. I am just afraid to really believe for something because I am afraid that it won't happen. You know, the danger in that is God never told us to understand everything that happens. He did tell us to believe with all our heart. If you wait until you understand everything that's going on, you, will ne you know what will happen? Your hope will be stolen from you. That person you've been praying for for all this time, when you see all these things going on, if you give up your hope, your faith has nowhere to go. Because faith is the conviction and evidence of things you're hoping for. Well, if you give up your hope, your faith has nowhere to go. Faith is essential to please God. Hebrews 11.6, without faith it is impossible to please God. He's a faith God. How in the world does hope turn into faith, Pastor? Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And that word there is not only the logos, that written word, but it is the rhema, the spoken word that comes through the voice of the Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit telling you? He's never going to tell you anything that's out of line with the written word. But what is the Spirit of God telling you? Are you listening? Or are you allowing what you see with your eyes and hear with your ears and what you feel in your emotions, are you allowing that to steal your hope and therefore it steals your ability for, the, for your hope to jump into that area of faith when the Word of God says something? Faith is not wishful thinking. Faith is God's Word saying something 
but your hope is something that turns, turns on the channel, and the Word of God is what settles and seals it and says it is done. Before you see it on the outside, you've got internal evidence on the inside through the Word of God, through the Word of God. <clears throat> so faith is absolutely essential. The just shall live by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But think about what all the things that that the Word of God does. I mean, this one covers it all. I've got it for you in your outline. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4 says, And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Well, what does it mean overcomes the world? 1 John 2. 1 John 2 is, is, is very powerful. It tells us about what is in the world. Verse 16, I don't have that one on your outline. Verse 16, listen to this. 1 John 2, 16 says that the, the world and all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. The lust of the eyes seeing something, desiring it that is out of line with God's highest and best for us is lethal. The lust of the flesh, that is, the desire to fulfill whatever it is that brings us pleasure that is outside of the Word and the will of God. God not against pleasure, but those things that we seek and that we keep on rehearsing and, and, and to satisfy our own desires that are outside of the Word and the will of God, those are the desires of the flesh. And the boastful pride of life, I am, I am my own woman, I'm my own man, I don't need God's help. I would like it, but I've got to make my own way, do my own thing. I've got to make this happen. The pride of being independent and disobedient, not recognizing that all that we are and have that's any good has been given to us by God. Do you really believe that? That anything and everything that you have that's any good has been a gift from God. Faith overcomes the world, our faith. I don't know about you, but I need the, 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 that overcoming power of the things of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life. It, it is accessed by faith. Did you know that even your own salvation is a gift of faith? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, by grace, everybody say it with me, by grace you're saved through faith. And that, even that is not of yourself. It's a gift of God. 
Everybody say this with me. Thank you, God, for giving me the grace to believe you and receive you as my Lord. Yes, it overcomes the world, but you know what? It was a gift of God's love to even give you the ability to believe. If you think you came up with that on your own, you're sadly mistaken. That was a gift of God. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 17. and This has something to do with practical situations that all of us are in at some point. How many of you got situations in your life or in the lives of those you love that's going to require a miracle? Raise your hand. Well, half of us. The rest of you got it made. Matthew 17. A woman, family came to Jesus and their son was an epileptic and suffered severely for his whole life. So much so that sometimes he would fall into fire and sometimes into water, but threatened to be burned to death or drowned. And um, they came to Jesus and said, we brought our son to your disciples, but they couldn't do anything for him. You got any situations like that? You got situations where you've tried every human help you can get, and even those who you hoped would be able to help you spiritually, but so far, no deal. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. In verse 18, and Jesus rebuked the demon. And it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Now, does that make your little Western mind uncomfortable? Do you know that a lot of, a lot of things that are in a place of disorder, not everything... There, there are things that are genetic. There are diseases that are contracted through the air. There, there's, there is by no means, don't, don't take this farther than it is. <clears throat> this is not the, the demonic activity is not the source of all sickness. It is not. But in this case, it was. So... <clears throat> Here's a question. The, the disciples were perplexed. They came in and, and they said privately to him, why could we not cast out this demon? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Wow. You all really believe. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, wow, you will say to this mountain, if you really have faith, what is faith? Faith is the assurance of things that you hope for, you don't see yet manifested. 
you will say to this mountain, if your faith is even that, that small, you can speak to your mountains and it'll move from here to there. Nothing will, nothing will be impossible to you. Now, if you don't believe that passage, just time to tear that one out of your Bible. Nothing shall be impossible to you. Have you prayed every which way you know how to pray? Maybe it's a good idea for you to take the authority of heaven given to you through the Lord Jesus and his victory over principalities, powers, might, dominion, rulers of darkness, and maybe you ought to pray and, and receive the authority of Jesus and demand all demonic spirits to move from that situation. But regardless of whether you feel like the Lord is telling you to do that or not, you need to understand this, that the heart of the reason why we don't see a lot of mighty things happen is because of unbelief. What I see, what I hear, what I feel is so loud, I really don't believe what I really hope will happen. Well, that's not anything to beat yourself up about. It's just something to spend more time with the Lord and listen to His voice more clearly about because faith rises up by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God. And you know, in tough cases, maybe we all should look at verse 21 a little more strongly. This kind... This kind of power does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Wow. This kind of faith is not released except by prayer and fasting in this case. So what does prayer and fasting do? It reconnects us with the source of what God wants to do. It gives us, it more finely tunes what the Spirit of God is trying to say. And it gives us more of uh, uh, encouragement by listening to his voice of what we should do next. Jesus didn't cast demons out of everybody who had an issue. Sometimes he just laid hands on somebody, somebody he just spoke a word of blessing. But sometimes the source of that that issue sometimes it's because there is a door in somebody's soul in a closet of that inner man where there is allowed to exist demonic activity. Not in their reborn spirit as a Christian, but in the area of their soul, their mind, will, and emotions, there is Demonic influence sometimes because of a pattern of unbelief in choices. And then sometimes, sometimes as in, the, as in the apparent example of this young man, sometimes it's just that the enemy has taken advantage of somebody who was innocent and it needs the address of mature believers of faith to address it 
to set the innocent free. And the only way you're going to know the difference is by the discernment of the Spirit of God. How long have you been saved? Everybody in here has been, been, been saved a long time. We ought to know how to listen to the voice of God by now. If not, let's get with it. Amen. Faith is our connection to the impossible. Faith has its own mindset. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Boy, this is pretty, pretty amazing and it's pretty, much, pretty telling about where we are. Faith has its own mindset. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith. Since we have the same spirit of faith. You see, faith is a spiritual force. According to what is written, I believed, and therefore, since I believed, I spoke. Since I believed it, I spoke it. We also believe, and therefore, since we believe, we what? We speak. Your believer and your tongue are indelibly tied together. What you really believe, you will eventually speak. Jesus said, by your words, you will either be justified or condemned. And the context says, it is out of the heart that flow the issues of life. So what I really believe in my spirit, man, is what I continually speak. So am I a man of faith? You will know it by what I continually say. Are you a woman of faith? Others will know it, and you'll know it yourself, by what you continually say. I believe the Word of God, but I don't think it's going to happen. We are not called to figure out and to understand everything. We're called to believe what God has told us. Faith has a mindset, and that is, may I ask you a question? When you hear the Word of God, do you receive it, and then do you disconnect with it by the words of your mouth? It's easy to do. We walk by faith and not by sight. What do you continually say? Is it in line with what you are hoping and believing for? You see, it's not only speaking against faith, it's speaking against hope if you continually douse your hope with the water of your own words. Faith has a mindset of its own. It believes and speaks. But you know, our faith has to be stirred up. If it has been given to us as a gift, 
And if there's faith in our inner man deposited through, by the Spirit through the Word, it has to be stirred up. I love what Paul told his protege, his mighty son, Timothy, in the last letter he wrote. In chapter 1, we're all familiar with the verse 7 about God not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, but preceding that. I want you to notice something here. He says in verse 4, he greatly desired to see his son, being mindful of your tears. Timothy was longing to see his spiritual father, and he was... The tears, I believe, was coming because he knew that Paul, and, and Paul even addressed this in chapter 4, that he had finished. He was finished. And his son was torn up. And Paul says, when I think about your tears... I'm filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith, genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois. What about you, grandparents? Are you speaking faith to your grandchildren? And your mother, Eunice. What about you, parents? Are you speaking faith to your children? And, he says, I am persuaded that it is in you as well, Timothy. The faith that was in them is in you. Listen to me. Those of you who are not, not only in person, but hundreds of you that listen online, you need to speak faith to your grandchildren and your children. And whatever it takes, you need to get your children and grandchildren into an atmosphere of faith. Don't allow the devil through this pandemic to keep you from getting into an atmosphere of faith. If not for your own sake, for your children and grandchildren's sake. Faith has to be stirred. Look what Paul says in verse 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up. Stir up that gift of God which is in you. Through the laying out of my hands. Why do we lay hands on people? Why do we do it? Because the Word says to and because it's very apparent that there is a transfer in God's order, in God's way of doing things, in the operation of the kingdom, there is a transfer when spiritual leadership lays hands on somebody for a purpose as Paul did to Timothy. It's not some little ritual that means nothing. It is a transfer agent that is designed in the things of the kingdom. Sometimes when you're praying for somebody, you need to touch them. Of course, legitimately, of course, somebody you love and is in your inner circle. 
I want to remind you that the gift of God, stir it up. Get into a place of worship. Pray diligently. Get into the Word of God. Allow what you believe to be spoken by the words of your mouth. Stir up that which has been deposited on the inside of you. Don't get ramshotted and run over by the evil one. Fight back by the Word of God coming out of your mouth. Stir it up. Stir it up. Faith is the assurance of things you're hoping for. Evidence you don't see yet, but it comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. It is developed with its own spirit of Speaking what you believe. Speaking what you believe. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. The shield of faith. And God says that this weapon will extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one. How many of you would say today, Pastor, the Spirit of God has spoken to me through His Word. And I see from the Holy Word that maybe there's some holes in my own faith. So that means my shield has some holes in it. And I know the evil one will do his best to find those holes. And so today, I say to you, Lord, Repair every breach in the shield of faith. Every thought, word, and attitude, any action that is not of faith, I confess it as sin. And I ask you to cleanse me of it, Lord, and and by faith right now today, I say in Jesus' name, I believe you above everything I see or hear or feel. I believe your word. It has final authority in my life. Mighty God, giver of faith, we receive today. Would you do that right now? Would you say, Lord, I receive the word of faith today? And would you confess this with me right now? Just speak it out loud. Mighty God, commander in chief, I put on the whole armor of God today. I stand having girded my loins with truth. Thy word is truth. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness in our reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. I walk in the shoes of peace. I raise up 
the shield of faith by which I will quench all the flaming missiles of the evil one. I put on the helmet of salvation. I take up the sword of the Spirit, the written and spoken Word of God. And I pray at all times under the direction of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We don't meet together on the last Sunday of the month, but I look forward to seeing you in two weeks. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.